1: in Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, The Monica Pearson Show.
2: When you look at what you've become, what has it cost you? Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who
0: you were before that. When you have a different name, you have a different color skin, it can be tough.
1: With Atlanta's most powerful influencers, as you've never heard them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Hey everybody! This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal Constitution. I'm here in Washington D.C. at Audi Field, where Atlanta United fell to D.C. United three to one on Sunday. A very hot, humid, muggy night, in which here at 10:47, about an hour after the end of the game, they are finally mowing the grass at Audi Field. A little bit more on that in just a second. Um, the loss cost Atlanta United a playoff, or a chance to clinch a payoff berth. It cost them a chance to leapfrog Red Bulls and supporter shield standings, but they still have a game in hand on that team. They can make that up when they go to Colorado uh, in two weeks. Um, I'm joined, as always, by Jason Longshore of 92.9 in soccer down here. And Mike Conti is once again going to join us because he's a good guy as (laughs) as he breaks down his equipment. Uh, so we're, while he does that, we let Jason talk for a few minutes. Jason, <laughs> what'd you make of tonight's game?
2: It uh, was a frustrating one. Um, good first half. I thought Atlanta United was the better team in the first half. Gave up a goal against the run of play, get one back on a set piece, 1 1 at the half. I felt like, okay, DC's going to struggle for energy in the second half. Atlanta's going to do more of what they did as the first half wore on sustained possession, make DC chase, Makes them work defensively. D.C. came out in the second half and changed the game. And it wasn't just the penalty. The penalty obviously changed the game because it gave D.C. the lead that they didn't give up. But D.C., first 15 minutes of the second half, controlled possession in an extended period of time, unlike they did in any other period in the match. They took control of the match in that time frame. They got the go-ahead goal in it. And they did enough to see the game out. Was it beautiful soccer from D.C.? No, that's not how they're built to play, but... Wayne Rooney and Luciano Acosta are a deadly combination in this league. You have a player in Acosta who is one of the best dribblers, one of the best technical players in the league, and you have Wayne Rooney who's one of the smartest players in the league and still has enough in the tank to play the minutes he did in this past week and have a
1: goal and two assists tonight. Yeah, I mean, first of all, fair play to DC, obviously. (laughs) They desperately needed three points as they changed the playoff spot. Now they're in really good shape, Doug, because they're six points out with three games in hand on Montreal, and they will play Montreal. So essentially now, D.C. United controls their own playoff destiny. We've had a lot of conversations, the three of us, about who's going to be the sixth team in the East. I wouldn't be shocked if it is D.C. United, because with Rooney combining with Acosta, they have Magic, but I thought Hamid was huge for them tonight. Uh, made the big save on the Kratz free kick. Now, obviously, that would have made a 3-2. Made a big save over here in front of us in the first half. I, I think you could point to maybe three really big saves that Hamid made tonight. Otherwise, we could be talking about a different scoreline. I think the thing that bothers me, and Jason and I talked about this on the radio, is you know we saw this in the Red Bulls game to an extent we saw it in the SKC match, but certainly in the Red Bulls game, you have a call that doesn't go your way and things start to fall apart a little bit. And that's something that I, I, I think you want to see cleaned up. Um, I don't know if they made more replays available to you where you are sitting. Jason and I only saw two. We saw one replay angle where it, it appeared to be very unclear if Barco actually fouled Ariola to set up the penalty kick. Um, didn't go to VAR. Not clear and obvious, I guess. Rooney converts the penalty. Uh, I thought from there, Atlanta United got a little out of sorts. And that's something that they've got to do better with uh, as we approach the postseason, Doug, because uh, calls like that are part of the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the, the TV announcers were pretty confident that they got it right. You know, the, the threshold of clear and obvious was not met for it to go to VAR. Got to play on. And um, I was a little concerned that I, I thought they they did not respond to that as well as they could have.
0: No, I thought it was a soft penalty, but it was a penalty uh, by a player who did not have a good night. Uh, this, is,
2: this is something I do want to get into that is is really strange when you look at the numbers when it comes to Barco. And everybody thinks he had an awful night. He created six chances according to Opta. I mean, I'm not saying Opta is the... The be all end all, but first half, he was he was good, and that foul, and what happened afterwards, it doesn't erase a good first half from him for me. Was he outstanding? Did he boss the game? No, he was good, and I think there's a lot of overreaction right now to saying that Barco shouldn't even be playing for this team right now. That's a little silly. Now, is his spot completely without doubt that he gets to play every game? I don't think he's in that category. I think Joseph's in that category. I think Miguel's in that category. I think Parkhurst and Lorena lgp are in that category right now. I think they're in Sharpie on the team sheet. Barco? I don't know. I think Carlton could give you some of what Barco is giving you. I thought Carlton did very well in his start. Um... Did he reach the highs that we've seen from Barco this season? I don't think he did. But I think Carlton showed you enough that wouldn't mind seeing more. But remember last week, Barco was very good in Orlando. Maybe his best performance.
0: My problem with Barco is the same as it's been all season. He simply won't shoot. He had one shot in the first half that hit the post Mm -hmm. uh, that he could have put in because the goal was open. Then he had another opportunity from about six yards as a tight angle but he could have at least forced Hamid to do something. He declined to shoot. Second half, same thing, came down here, another tight angle. He could have put it back across the goal where Hamid would have probably had to hit just push it away, where Martinez would have been standing there. And again, he declined to shoot. It's been his issue. My biggest issue with him all season is he simply will not shoot the ball. Um, So he creates six chances. That's great. I would love to see what those chances actually were. Because you can define a chance in a lot of different ways. If it's that that just doesn't much matter to me at this point. They paid 15 million dollars for a guy who doesn't want to take somebody on 1-on-1 and doesn't want to shoot. And that's kind of an important part of his job.
2: He wasn't brought here to be a goal scorer. Taking people on 1v1, I agree. He needs to do more of that, and he does need to shoot more.
0: When he's in a position to shoot, he needs to shoot. He needs to shoot more.
2: I've I've said this with you many times in in our our postgames. I want him to be more selfish in the final third, but Barco was not brought here to score a bunch of goals. He didn't score a bunch of goals in Argentina. He's scoring more goals here in terms of rate than he did in Argentina in his career. I think he's a, he's a 10. I think he's a playmaker. He's not a 10 for this team. He doesn't give you what Miguel Almirón gives you as a 10 because Miguel gives you a complete performance defensively as well, which is something that's vital in that role right now. And he's maybe then, a little miscast.
0: Then, yeah, then, then why bring him here at all? Because, if he's a playmaker who's potential. not going to work in Tata system, there's no point in having him. If he's going to be on the wing and he's not going to shoot and he's not going to take people on, then he's not doing a whole lot of good out there. I mean he keeps creating all these chances that you, you point out in our games. He has two assists this season. Two. And one came on a corner kick.
2: Well then <laughs> then then fire Opta. And then fire Opta and fire all of the ratings and all that because I mean I I'm just telling you what the numbers are saying and I think the criticism of Barco gets very harsh. And a lot of that is down to the price tag.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not his fault Atlanta United paid $15 million for him. That's not his fault. Uh, perhaps that misaligned expectations for him a tiny bit. Uh, I defer to Jason, who knows more about soccer in his pinky than I know about the game. Uh, you pay that price tag... Thank you. Uh, for, for the potential. Uh, and I think the sample size is till, still way, way too small to make any declarations about whether Barco has fulfilled his potential. And I do think it's interesting that, you know, we're having this discussion after a match in which he had an assist. Um, you know, to Jason's point, he, he did create six chances in the first half. I do agree with you, Doug. I don't think he shoots enough. Uh, I've been vocal about that on the broadcast. Uh, in Philadelphia, it really frustrated me. I, I thought he completely gaffed a, a chance to at least make their keeper do something. So, yeah, I mean, it, he can be critiqued. Um, I think the big thing that bothered me about Barco tonight is after the penalty in which he was shown yellow for dissent, he was still jaw- jawing with Ariola all the way back to the subsequent kickoff. And, uh, you know, that, that's something, again... I think you got to work on it a little bit. You got to put that behind you and move on. Uh, but it's not Barco's fault that Atlanta United paid fifteen million for him.
0: No.
2: Second half, Barco didn't give you anything. Um, he should have come out sooner. I hundred percent agree. But to say that his his whole night was garbage, I, I have
0: to disagree. I didn't no. say his whole night was garbage. I just don't no, think I'm he had a particularly good yeah. night.
1: A lot of people um, are saying that.
0: And I, frankly, I mean, I really, I'm with you. <clears throat> you needed somebody that was going to come in and make something happen and uh, I would have brought in Carlton. It was great to see Bello. I love
2: the Bello sub, and that was um, something we talked about at halftime. I wasn't expecting it in the context of going to three-five-two. We talked about it at halftime to get his speed on in a four-man back line because McCann really wasn't having much of an impact in terms of going forward. It felt like he couldn't get any space to create a cross, to create anything going forward. Right. We talked about it that maybe this is a game where you could give Bello that opportunity. Because D.C. wasn't attacking down that side at that point. Now, to open the second half, they 100% did. And they changed their their game a little bit. You saw Areola go more, Stieber sit more as a right back. And D.C. changed the game on that side of the field. But when you go 3-5-2 and you bring Bellow on, what I love about Bellow's performance tonight, he didn't look scared at all. Mm -hmm. Didn't hesitate. Tried to make things happen. That's a good sign. I think he's ready for more. I think he's a guy that you can't get more minutes to but I I say the same about Carlton I I 100% say that from watching him here watching him in the start with the first team watching him with ATL UTD2 he is not the player he was at the beginning of the season he is a first team player and he needs to be looked at as an option off the bench in games like this where you need something you need more creativity, you need a spark off the bench he's your guy
0: Right. Just somebody who's going to maybe draw a foul. Give, give Atlanta United some chances at some free kicks. Yeah, that's one thing um, that
2: Barco's done well this season. He didn't really tonight, I think he drew one foul, um, didn't win any of his 1v1s. No. And that's something he's generally been good with. It didn't happen tonight for him, though. Uh,
0: Jason's got to make another call here in a second. One other player I want to talk about really quickly is Joseph Martinez, who didn't really get to do a lot tonight. I don't think that was his fault. uh, Opposite of Barco, I think DC United just really kept the middle compact and made it hard to find Joseph. He had one good chance in the second half, Mm -hmm. and he pulled it wide a little bit. He had one chance in the first half, in which he had his back to the goal and turned, just Mm -hmm. spun and shot. Just to, Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that he even tried, um, because that's just complaining that Barco didn't. Uh, But DC United really kind of marked him out of the game tonight.
2: Yeah, DC played really well. I mean, they, they had their game plan. They came in. They knew they weren't going to control the game. They knew they were going to have to sit and look for their opportunities, and there weren't going to be very many of them. And back line played well. I think the pairing, maybe the biggest thing DC's done outside of just Rooney and Acosta building a connection is Russell Canals and Junior Moreno. Now you have something in the middle of the field where you can defend, like we saw at times with him last year when it was Durkin by himself you were asking him to do a lot right you wouldn't ask Canales to do that by himself Canales Moreno played really well made things difficult for Joseph made things difficult for Miguel Almaron as well
0: right there yeah. wasn't
2: really much being created through the middle
1: the chances were coming from out wide that's
0: true that's true any thoughts on Joseph
1: uh, look i mean incredible run nine consecutive uh, games in which he has scored uh, he doesn't break the record he'll have to share it with Diego Valeri um, I think again, you have to give fair play to DC, as Jason said. They, they did a, and as you said too, Doug, they marked him out of the game. Um, I, I think this underscores a little bit the importance for the club that Joseph scores in games. They've only lost once this year in a match in which he has scored, uh, and that was the the FC Dallas match where they blew it in the final five minutes. Uh, so, I mean, th- that's that's maybe more of a statistical anomaly than anything else. But, uh, I mean, look, when, when you account for 50% of your club's goals and you don't score in a match, you're going to be in trouble, I guess, yeah. statistically.
2: Uh, what do you have coming up real quick, Jason? Uh, nothing tomorrow. be traveling. So, it'll be Overreaction Tuesday on uh, Soccer Down Here. And, and we're now on
1: Spreaker. You can listen live going to SoccerDownHere.net. Uh, I've got nothing other than the Falcons game on Thursday. By the way, great job, Jeff Lorenowitz. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very pretty guy. And, and we said on the broadcast, we felt like that was coming. He's been really close a couple times this year. That was a gorgeous header on Barco's corner kick. And, and Atlanta United has found something now with Barco taking those corners and serving them to the back post. A couple times this year now they've scored on that. But really, really happy for Jeff. Uh, it has been knocking on the door. He told me, uh, I think a week ago Tuesday, I did an event with him. He really, really wanted to score this year. And I'm glad he finally opened this year.
0: Yeah, good for Jeff. It was, a, it was a nice play, like a training ground kind of play. Atlanta United stacked uh, three guys, I think. At the penalty box, and D.C. kind of went zonal, waiting to see where they went. Uh, Rooney was supposed to pick up Lernowitz and just didn't really do a very good job. And Lernowitz out-jumped him and put the header into the opposite corner. Uh, so I'm going to wrap up this edition of Southern Fried Soccer. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can follow me on Twitter at DougRobersonAJC. You can follow me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Uh, Atlanta United falls to D.C. United 3-1. to uh, Jeff Lernowitz's goal is offset by two goals from Acosta and another by Wayne Rooney. Uh, the defeat uh, snaps Atlanta United's seven-game unbeaten streak. It uh, keeps them from clinching a spot in the MLS playoffs and keeps them from leapfrogging the Red Bulls and the supporter Shield, although they do have a game in hand and a fairly easy schedule remaining, including, well, not easy, but including a game at Red Bulls in Harrison, New Jersey. Uh, I've already posted the game story with quotes. Post a little sidebar on the sound gaff uh, of Martino being caught on Fox Sports One uh, cursing at the DC United bench. Uh, he said that they cursed at him first. Um, I'll probably have uh, something tomorrow on George Bello. Probably something on Ezekiel Barco. Martino was asked about Barco tonight. Um, I'll have the player ratings, and of course, I'll have this podcast. I hope you'll subscribe. I hope you'll rate, and thank you very much for listening.